Welcome everyone to Single Tree Podcast. This is episode 28, I think. And uh, today we're going to continue talking about how we make decisions. Last episode we talked about using intuition and discernment, which is sort of um, a different way to think about decision making apart from just making decisions based on logic or pros and cons and kind of letting the decisions work on us and today we're going to talk about making decisions based on our deeply held values which are important to examine if we're going to um, make decisions for the greater good or from a larger self perspective and um, yeah we'll just see where that goes I'm Joel I'm Brandon hello welcome thanks for joining us uh, hopefully you listened to the last podcast episode about um, making decisions kind of based on our deeper selves which, you know, requires us to sink a little bit further into the decisions themselves and see what is revealed. It requires us to know ourselves well. And um, we all have some values that we hold that we use to kind of steer us in different directions in our lives, whether we're, um, when we're making decisions um, about everyday things and also just kind of what we want to achieve with our lives. And I would say just by default, our um, ways that we, our way that we make decisions is typically based on self-protection and self-promotion. And when we talk about making decisions from a larger self-perspective, we're needing to find something a little bit more altruistic or um, maybe even self-sacrificial to be able to um, make decisions that are not just good for us, but good for the whole. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Hmm. So first we can talk about how people typically make decisions. Um, we all kind of start with this uh, innate instinct to protect ourselves and to grow and, and become um, healthy and thriving, which is a normal instinct that we have and good. It's a good thing to have that. And yet if we only continue based on making decisions and living our lives based on our desire to um, be healthy and thriving and get what we want, then um, we might run into re some resistance and we also might be a bit destructive as we do that. So, you know, but a lot of it has to do with our culture. The culture that we're in sort of celebrates achievement it celebrates 
domination. It celebrates the American dream. And that seems like what we're supposed to do. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what we're putting forth here is something a little different than that. Which is maybe a little bit more creative mm-hmm. than just comfort-seeking. Yeah. You know, if we're after something, if we're wanting to create something bigger than just our own comfort, I think it forces us to be more creative. Mm-hmm. You know? For sure. There's some... There's more tension, I think, that comes with that, though. Because that forces us to recontextualize our experience a little bit, Mm -hmm. which, you know, to the small self of the brain is a little little scary. Uh It's like a child being asked to let go of its blankie. You know? Mm-hmm. And that's scary to a child. Mm-hmm. How does creativity play into this? Well, I think... I think the basic... Yeah, the basic desire and drive is for is for safety and survival, right? Which is fine and normal and what the like brain's core kind of function is for but that's a very narrow it's a very narrow it's a pretty narrow perspective even if you're doing many things to do that it's still the perspective is still very narrow mm-hmm if it's only to secure safety and and security but if the perspective is becomes starts to become a little bit more robust then and include safety and security or just well-being of of others then your your perspective your your world view has to become bigger mm-hmm. more things have to be considered things become more complex which forces you to be more creative i think mm-hmm. yeah the the natural trajectory, especially in our culture, is, you know, to get the things that you want, to get a sense of comfort. You know, it's having the American dream, which is being able to have some success. It's being able to um, provide for yourself and for your family. Um, it's being able to achieve Right, and and people's lives are sort of oriented toward um, 
becoming that, achieving that, and they feel like, you know, if they've if they've achieved a relative sense of comfort where they don't have to worry about anything, um, don't have to worry about where their next meal is going to come from or how they're going to pay their bills or just or just survive in general, um, then you know they've basically achieved what they're supposed to in in life right and it's a bit of a maybe a lie just because you know <laughs> there's a lot of you know the the middle class in America is um, you know has relative comfort compared to a lot of how the world lives and yet um, there's still quite a bit of anxiety and worry about either achieving more or just not having not having the comfort that it seems like is supposed to be um, supposed to come along with having the things right having a house having cars you know being able to pay your bills um, and I think for me part of the the creativity is being able to sort of like you know destroy the whole idea of like of just having comfort you know I mean just seeing through the um, seeing through the American dream and seeing that maybe it's not like what life is about to me that you know creativity starts with deconstructing something or even destroying it mm -hmm. and you have to you have to kind of destroy that paradigm or that way of thinking to find something a little different What's that look like for you? Um, for me, it looks like just c coming to the the realization that um, you know the American dream or having some level of success is not really all it's cracked up to be. Which I think a lot of people come to that realization. Um. A lot of people have a midlife crisis, you know, at the point where they realize that they have everything they wanted or, um, you know, have, has, if they have, they have achieved what the culture has, um, said that they need to achieve and it's not maybe what they thought it was going to be. And, um, then sort of just looking for something else that's fulfilling or satisfying or that's meaningful, you know, and it tends to be, it seems to make sense to me that it's, you know, realizing that just seeking out your own comfort is not really the goal of life. Yeah, it is interesting that we can find ourselves on this trajectory of if I get to this place or if I do this or 
if I can make this thing happen, then I will be, then I will be happy or that, that will give me this feeling that I want. And then once it comes, you have the feeling, but the feeling doesn't ever really last. No. Right? I mean, it's, it's emotions or feelings are fleeting, right? Mm -hmm. But that's kind of the whole, when you really look at the whole pursuit of things, it is a pursuit of a feeling. Mm -hmm. But that isn't really sustainable because feelings or emotions are pretty transient. But Mm-hmm. Sometimes I, you know, it's, I think we all go through this learning process, right? Where we find the fallacy in that, that, mm-hmm. that really it's, it's the pursuit of, of a feeling, mm-hmm. which doesn't ever persist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's just like, it's just like addiction even you know it's just you know that there's like this high that you have for a matter of seconds and then it it fades or you come down and then you just seek it out again right or you know it's not any different than when you're a child and you just you know you're seeking something out that you want a toy or or your blanket and um, you get it and for, and momentarily you feel comforted by it. Um, you know, but the point is that as we become adults, we don't really change that much from when we're children. We just are seeking out a different thing to satisfy us, but it's only momentary. Yeah. So that at some point it seems like this is probably happening for us all, right? On some mm-hmm. level to some degree, but there's mm-hmm. does seem to be a tipping point where we start recognizing that the futility in that in that chase or that that grind or the pursuit that it really actually it isn't about the things we weren't really even chasing the things it was the feeling mm-hmm. of that the things brought and then that can create a grief mm-hmm. of sorts you know but out of that grief a, a, a deeper meaning or a deeper value system or creativity can can be born where mm-hmm it isn't a pursuit of, of those things anymore. It's the pursuit may not change, but it's a pursuit of things more real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an interesting way to say it. Um, yeah, I think, I think you realize if you, if you can realize this, you know, seeking your own comfort is really kind of a selfish thing to do it's a selfish thing to base your life on you know and that's 
a little bit difficult to admit, you know, if you're just seeking um, to become comfortable with your life and be happy, you know, then your life is just basically centered around you, centered around yourself. Um, and objectively, if we look that, at that from the outside, it's not a great way to live your life. It's not a, um, not really a noble value to base all of your decisions on. But that, but I think that's what we do, and I think that's what we do naturally because we're so oriented towards self-protection and, um, you know, just toward, um, yeah, achieving what we want. So there's a point where maybe you realize, um, that maybe your values can shift to something different, which is a little risky, you know, because, because, um, if you're not just going to only base your decisions off self-promotion and self-protection, then you basically have to become, you basically are going to sacrifice something or you're just not going to be always paying attention to getting what you want. You're going to be paying attention to something bigger than that. More real is what so, he said. So when your values become deeper or your pursuit of things that are more real happens, then there's sacrifice to consider. I mean, if you're not only looking to satisfy your own desires or your need for comfort, then yeah, you. by default, you're just going to be focusing on something different than that, which is scary to think about, I think. I can think of times where that's happened for me in my life, and it's where my values, where something's happened, right? There's been a tipping point where either there's been this point that I've gotten to that I've wanted to get to and I kind of saw the okay it was great the feeling came and went and then I naturally couldn't ignore this is that you know is that it or what's next you know which I think some people can feel guilty about having that feeling you know that you're not being grateful enough it's not that I wasn't grateful I, I was but like I said, the the feeling and the experience didn't last. It it I it went away. And then I couldn't ignore that, you know, like what 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 is next or what does this mean or and out of that kind of I saw my values changing. And then felt myself recognizing a need to give something of myself up or sacrifice something of myself which felt like you said scary and it was difficult and there it's not that there wasn't some sort of resistance but well I went into that then at some point down the road 
I recognize that it's not even really sacrificing. There wasn't really anything that was being sacrificed that was that big of a deal. Yeah. Like at first it felt like this big sacrifice, but once I got to a certain part in the road, it wasn't really that big of a sacrifice. So you didn't feel like you were giving up your rights or your ability or need to protect yourself or to survive or even thrive? I mean, it certainly w would feel that way at first. Mm -hmm. But it, it, later on down the road, I would look back at that and see that that was not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like, I thought that what I was giving up was really big mm -hmm. or a big deal, but it really wasn't. Yeah. So our default values are self-protection, our own comfort, self-promotion. What are some of the larger self values that are that we can have well I think it's you could probably say the same things but replace self with other I mean just mm -hmm. you know it looks like putting more energy outside of outside of yourself whether that be uh -huh in an organization that you're attached to or your family or whatever, you know? I mean, mm -hmm. it's it, the currency. There's a currency there that changes. The currency isn't anymore about things and feelings really anymore. The currency is more about collaboration and growth. Mm -hmm. and well-being that is deeper than and more broad than just things and emotion mm -hmm. or feelings does that mm -hmm. make sense mm -hmm. so it's about a uh, relationship more than just seeking whatever feeling that you want yeah mm -hmm. yeah I think one of my values that I try to embody is connection um, and inherently if you're in relationships then we're trying to invest and build into other people then uh, you're going to sacrifice some things that you want if you're part of a family or an organization or just a group of people and there's only so much food then you have to share some. You can't just have all the food for yourself. Yeah, and connection doesn't mean lovey-dovey 
you know, joy all of the time. Mm -hmm. Connection is deeper than that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it is difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, another value that you brought up earlier too is creativity. Um, so I think, you know, rather than just like living, living a conventional life, it's important to think about like how we can continue to do things better and differently. Um, and I think this kind of has something to say about how we are in organizations or, or in communities or just in, you know, the groups that we're a part of. Um, because, you know, if you're, if you're part of an organization of people, say you're part of a company or you're part of a church or even a country, you know, your value can be once you, you know, organize yourselves into a group and give yourselves a name and, you know, suddenly you're an entity in and of yourselves and um, the values or the goals can be just to protect and promote whatever the organization is, whatever we are. It can be the company. It can be the just a group of people, even just your family. Um, and your values might be to... Um, you know, have connection with the other people, but, but they also become to promote and preserve the institution or the organization that you're a part of, right? Instead mm -hmm. of you can, <laughs> you can then within that organization or company, um, exist to serve yourselves or you can exist to serve, serve others and serve the, the larger community, right? There's always that balance between self-protection and self-promotion and being focused on others. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. Like, whether it be a family or whatever kind of group, right? Then there's a certain set of, of values that seem to make up the basic structure of of the group which isn't necessarily a bad thing it's it's a good thing right uh -huh. but then it seems like sometimes we can miss miss the mark and start putting our all of our energy in protecting the survival of those ideas rather than the connection or the relationships involved in that system, which uh -huh. that can be a really difficult thing to parse out there, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you can actually end up sacrificing the people within the group for the preservation of the institution or the organization or the 
company. Um, or you could also like by seeking to protect and promote the interests of the group that you're a part of, sacrifice people outside of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you know, so I think it's good to focus on the, like the values of creativity and, and connection, even as part of a, an organization or a group, um, or a company, you know, because, um, if the only value is just to preserve the organization or to promote the institution, institution or the organization um, then you can end up sacrificing people in the process and you can actually end up sacrificing your own values just to get where you're going or to a good, a good example is just you know businesses believing that they exist just to earn more profits right if that you know, in the capitalistic sort of structure, money is king, right? Money is God. You, you're, you're succeeding in business if you make more profits, right? And, and if that's the only measure of success, then you've sacrificed the value of connection. You've, you've maybe sacrificed the value of creativity. Um, you've probably in some ways sacrificed the value of healthy, a healthy system, mm -hmm. right? If that's the only goal is to earn more profits, I mean, whether that's on a personal level to earn more income or on a corporate level to earn more profits for the business, then you sacrifice those other values. Probably sacrifice other people in the process too. Hmm. Right, so being a values-driven business would be maybe not just thinking about profits, but also how are we influencing and impacting the community, and how are we impacting the people within the organization. So then the currency is, for a values-driven business, the currency is much more complex and robust it's not just about profits which isn't necessarily a bad thing or wrong but what you're saying with the values driven business is that the currency is you know profit is a factor but there's this human relational currency that's that's really the guiding factor yeah I think it's a, it's helpful to think of about it in terms of like just a healthy system you know do you have a healthy organization right is your organization or company burning people out um, is it uh, sacrificing the people within um, in order to earn profits that'd be a good measure of success from a values driven perspective right um, so yeah or are people happy doing their work mm-hmm mm -hmm. yeah maybe they maybe they don't have to be happy all the time but do they find some value in 
doing doing the work that they're doing and doing the work that the company is doing right or do they do they just feel like and a lot of people like feel like this in corporate um, structures you know they feel like they're just working you know to earn the CEOs more money mm-hmm. yeah you know they're earning a paycheck but but ultimately the entire goal is just that the business become more profitable yeah. It's not that fun to go to work. Well, because what you're talking about, like even in relationships, for a relationship to happen or to continue or to grow, there has to be a reciprocity or, or an equal exchange of energy. Just on a basic basic level, there has to be some sort of balance of of exchange of energy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and in businesses where the value is just profit that fundamental exchange there's an imbalance there mm-hmm. of yeah, I mean, exchange think, of energy yeah there's a lot of you know cor- corporate America and you know the capitalistic um way of approaching business and organizations is just um, that the people at the top make more and more money and in order to do that you have to keep the people at the bottom at a lower wage you know or um, they may be working the hardest (laughs) but not feeling like they're getting as much out of the organization Right? Right. So uh, just on a basic and fundamental level, there's an imbalance there. Sure. Which, you know, when you think about it, for health to be in place, there has to be balance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a healthy organization is balanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or you could think about... Um, how the organization or the business is impacting the community around it, right? More than just we're growing bigger and stronger and more profitable. Um, We're actually um, doing something to help the community, which at some point I believe involves self-sacrifice. It involves the sacrificing of profits maybe at different points. And it also involves um, just the focus on something different than just profitability. It involves focusing on how we're trying to impact the community as a group, as an organization. What do you think happens with businesses or organizations that tend to take that approach? Well, I think people notice. I think, you know, first of all, I think people um, in the community around these organizations and people inside the organizations understand what the business is about. I mean, you can you can look at someone and, and you know, look at the decisions that they make and, and kind of the fruit that those decisions bears and um, see what that person is about right I mean 
everyone knows there are certain organizations, not to name any names, but um, that are just, you know, focused on getting bigger and stronger and more influential, right? Um, and, you know, no matter what they say about their values, you know, the proof is in the pudding. You, the, the, the proof is in the decisions that they make which affect the communities around them and and the people within them. So I think when you're when you're able to, you know, have values that are self-sacrificial, when you're able to have values that are not just about self-protection and self-promotion that people notice. It reminds me of, you know, mom and pop stores. You know, mm-hmm. just a small mom and pop kind of store where mm-hmm. people like to go there because there's this feel to it. There's this mm-hmm. there's this exchange of energy that's that's really different. And you know, the nature of those places are seem to be more balanced in regards to just the exchange of energy and give and take in their place in the community and the role that they that they serve it's it's the motivation and the exchange of energy is different and it it feels different to interact with those entities as opposed to a larger kind of institution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you know those those mom and pop stores, small businesses are still trying to survive, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and they're trying to earn income and and earn profits and and maybe even promote and and further their their own interests. Um, and yet that may not be their only value right their value may be more community focused their value may be their their values may be more focused on creativity um, and benefiting the community around it's not maybe not maybe every small business <laughs> you know there seems to be this mentality with a lot of businesses larger or small that we just that we just need to grow larger in size and um, in profitability Um, you know but yeah it really shows when there's some other values that are taken seriously and and worked into the decision making so how could this look on a practical level for people um, individually but also as part of organizations whether the they're the leaders of those organizations or just um, you know the people who are working in the organizations just part of the organizations well for me one of the one of the first places to, to start that just kind of guides your your thinking is just the balance of energy the balance of mm-hmm. of of energy 
given and the balance of energy received. I I mean I think that's the that's a core perspective that you can take that really orients your whole understanding about what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. And that's easy to notice when you look around, you know, whether that be people who are feeling You know, frustrated, underappreciated, withdrawn, you know, bitter. Those are all really expressions of an imbalance of energy. So it's likely, if you've never thought about why you do what you do or what your values are, that you're coming from a place of just kind of seeking your own interests or your own comfort or kind of this self-protection that we're talking about. Um, and yeah, if you, if you take a look at the balance of energy that you're talking about, um, it's likely that a lot of the decisions that you're making are just based on what you can get and what you can achieve and, you know, ways to, to get what you want and to have and to have comfort um, and if you're gonna really you know live your life and make decisions based on you know this this value of connection or or balance the balance of energy that we're talking about then you're gonna have to figure out not just what you want and what can that can move you toward your comfort but what you can do on behalf of others, which would help you be, become more balanced in the energy that you're putting out for others' benefit, which is, you know, I mean, that's a hard thing to think about just because, like, we're so naturally oriented toward self-protection. Yeah, it can be difficult to really trust that that process because really the fear arises well if I start giving more am I, am I just going to end up empty or am I going to get what I need well mm-hmm. if we can if we're willing to confront that a little bit and challenge it and be resilient in it and give it a give this kind of new paradigm a a chance to take life then then we can see how our 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 willingness to engage in a more balanced energy especially around us if we can endure that initial fear we can see how it there is a return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not always going to look like what we think it should look like, or it's not always going to be maybe the amount that we think we should get. But that's what continues to 
work on us and drive us even deeper to understanding and finding and maintaining balance you know so in the beginning of this process it's like yeah i want to engage more of this in this paradigm of an equal exchange of energy and i understand that i'm going to have to endure a little bit of fear that i may not get energy but if i endure it a little bit i'm just going to experiment and see if if what happens well chances are and most likely that that new paradigm will take life but it's going to look a lot different than you thought mm -hmm. and if you're willing to loosen your expectations about what this new paradigm of equal exchange of energy will look like i think it leads you deeper into to the truth and just deeper meaning it te it will continue to teach you yeah so you could also look up around and look for opportunities to take risks which could be giving away things giving away money um, you could look for opportunities you know if you've sort of achieved this relative level of of comfort um, you know, you're able to pay your bills. Maybe you could look for ways to give um, to others. You could also look for ways to give your time to others. Um, just personally, I think, um, you know, a lot of times there's this mentality we have of scarcity that there's not going to be enough time, that there's not going to be enough money, um, there's not going to be enough goods to um, provide for myself or even if I can afford to live today what if I'm not able to afford to live tomorrow um, and it feels risky to you know share your food or share your money or share your time with other people um, but those are the things that you're talking about in terms of like putting energy out um, that feels feels a little scary, could feel a little scary for people, um, but it balances out the uh, transmission of energy both directions. And so just, you know, practically you can just look for something that feels risky. That's a good example, for sure. What about as part of an organization? How would this look? I think it looks like probably the most direct way you're going to experience it is in the context of the of the quality of the relationships and how the relationships feel um, and then out of that paying attention to and seeing how the people in the organization engage in their work in their own way, like creatively, if there's inspiration there. Yeah, that's good. I think if there's, if there are people who are engaging in their work 
and feel a sense of ownership and wanting to take some authorship over their work in a, in a in their own unique and creative way then that's to me that's a tangible ex- example of that there is a balance of of energy in in the system which if you just take from a business perspective is good fiscally usually right mm-hmm. people taking authorship and authority over their own work and uh the creative process that's not that's an intangible thing well it's tangible actually very tangible but but can also lead to you know it's usually good for business yeah it's good that's a good thing for business mm-hmm. but it's almost like you have to trust an intangible thing to equate into tangible things which is very backwards in our society so yeah yeah we we uh we don't focus on those values of creativity and inspiration and you know those kind of life-giving things that are perceptible in relationships and in organizations if you're looking for them we tend to value more you know the bottom line the numbers the productivity you know and inspiration isn't always quantifiable you can see it when it's happening and you know it when it's happening but it doesn't always it's not maybe measurable i don't know how to measure that really um yeah if you're if you're um part of the leadership of an organization you could figure out um, besides being profitable and sustaining the life of the business what are the other things that we're trying to accomplish Um, what are the other values that we're trying to put forth and embody what are we doing for our community Um, what do we want the organization internally to look like If you're not part of the leadership of your organization, you could also start thinking about what are the values of this business, you know, and is there something that I can offer or be putting forth in the organization that is life-giving for others, that creates health and, you know, um, sort of engenders creativity within the organization. Um, and what are we doing here that matters in this organization more than just earning a paycheck more than just um, furthering profitability things like that so I think it's a good thing personally and corporately to think about what our values are otherwise the default just ends up being self-protection and self-promotion you know, which probably if someone asked us what, you know, our values are, we wouldn't say is just to protect myself. If <laughs> we wouldn't want to say that, even though it might be true, right? So um, in order to espouse some different values, you're going to have to 
really think about what's important to you and then you're really going to have to start stepping out into those things rather than just like trying to survive which is basically what we're built to do Mm -hmm. right so the the self-sacrificial values that are not just about me but about the collective self are things that we have to intend to embody and that's when we can start making decisions you know that are risky and self-sacrificial for the good of the the whole we all know when works experiencing an imbalance of energy Hmm. I think Mm -hmm. Uh, because it doesn't feel good it doesn't even feel good personally no to you yeah you know if you're not if you're taking and taking and taking and not really giving back yeah it doesn't actually give you more energy yeah it feels like it will but you just kind of when you're operating from that mentality of scarcity or whatever then you kind of close yourself down Mm -hmm. and you can't receive when you're when you close yourself down to that reciprocity yeah so one practical thing you can do is just pay attention to how you're feeling in whatever context whether that be a relationship or a work or a church or whatever entity you're engaging just pay attention to are you how's this how's this feeling because Mm -hmm. i think on a on a real deep gut kind of level, we know when there's an imbalance. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, I think it can be hard in our society to stay in tune with that. Mm -hmm. But that is really, if we can stay in tune with that, it can really be something that guides us in a really meaningful direction. Yeah, you can pay attention to your own energy level and then kind of the energy that's in the relationships that you're in. Yeah. And we know when there's these life-giving, energy-giving relationships that we're in, and we know when there's not. Right. I mean, that's a really, I mean, that's a really focused way to practically engage in what we're talking about. I agree. So... All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Okay. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon.